on the last episode of Motor City Hardball, Eli Wilde joined, and we talked a little bit about music and baseball and how the two of those things intertwine and how they're connected. We also talked about potential walk-up songs, and we had ended that episode with a bit of a tease. I had told him that next week's episode, which would have been last week, but I was traveling, as in Philadelphia, uh, I would have shared my walk-up song. Today, I can confirm uh, my walk-up song, if I was playing baseball, would be New Body by Kanye West, Nicki Minaj, and Ty Dolla Sign. And I'm so confused because this was on Yandi, which was Kanye's album that like, I don't know. To me, this is so complicated because it's only on YouTube and he was supposed to release it and it never released. I don't know. Somehow it all leaked and you can listen to the album online. But this is like so, oh, I shouldn't say it's old, uh, but it's within the last two years. So there's something about it. It just got like a really cool instrumental. And Ty Dolla Sign, like his, his harmonized vocals just go crazy. And it would definitely hype me up if I was walking up to bat. I can guarantee you that. Welcome to Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. On today's episode, we're talking about the return of baseball. It definitely sounds and looks weird if I try to welcome myself back to my own show. It would be much easier if I had someone else or if my partner wasn't here for X amount of time and I'm welcoming him back. Regardless, I am back. Welcome to Motor City Hardball presented by Blue Wire Hustle. Uh, Last week, I was in Philadelphia. Uh, I had a bit of a a traveling concern. screw up if you will and that is why there was no episode for last week uh i've never been to philly i was there visiting a close friend of mine and it's a really cool city i definitely thought that well i thought that it would be a lot like new york or a a, a big city because when i think of when I think of the East Coast, I think everything kind of looks the same and feels the same, except it's not as crazy as New York. Like I think of New Jersey and obviously Philadelphia, um, New York City, and that's not the entire East Coast. Just at the moment, those are the only three cities I can think of that are on the East Coast and that I've actually been to. But Philadelphia was it was a really good time. Um, the cheesesteaks are worth the drive, the flight, whatever it takes, the train. However you get there, it is worth having a cheesesteak. And uh, I suggest that you go to Jim's. I went to two spots. I went to Jim's cheesesteaks, and I went to Jimmy G's. Jim's uh, is, quote-unquote, the more famous one. Uh, and you go and you order them whiz wit, which basically means cheese whiz, wit onions. And I guarantee you, you will never have anything better in your life. It pretty much melts in your mouth. And it's just, uh, it's such an experience and I can sit here and I can talk about it, but it's going to make you hungry. It's going to make me hungry and wish I was back in Philly. Also, 
So many people have reached out to me in regards to the article about this podcast, Motor City Hardball, that was featured in the Jewish News and written by Steve Stein. So shout out to Steve for doing the story and letting me share a little bit about myself and what I've been up to the past uh, several months <laughs> and what my journalism uh, career aspirations and essentially my resume what that all looks like. Uh, and I've had so many people reach out to me saying that they love the story and they thought it was really cool. So thank you um, for those of you who checked the story out. Um, also, some information in there on Eli Weil. Huge shout out to Eli. Uh, we had him on last week on the show, but also he, in case you didn't know by now, created the theme music and transition music for the show. He has had a lot of say into what goes in and out of the show each and every week. Uh, and also a little bit of information in there on David Vinsky. So, so shout out to David, who is also a guest on this show. Uh, and David is currently undergoing his first season in the minor leagues. So congrats to David. Big things coming his way. Uh, and without further ado, let's talk some baseball because baseball is back. A year ago today, I was in Arizona visiting one of my friends, and we went to spring training. I saw the Angels play, and I saw the Cubs play. So I went to the Angels Stadium, which I think was in Tempe. I think it was Tempe. Uh, And then we went to the Cubs Spring Training Stadium, which was in Mesa, Arizona. Hard to believe that that was the last time fans were... Well, COVID didn't even exist. It, it did exist, not to the extent as to which it has today. Um, wearing masks in public wasn't a thing. And I remember, this, so this was what, mid to end of February. And I can remember walking around and just what that ballpark environment looked like and felt like. And boom, here we are one year later. Uh, fans are allowed back in games and at stadiums, which is great to see. But there's still this lingering effect of what is COVID going to make this season look like? Obviously, last year it was a 60-game season, uh, drastically different in terms of the scheduling uh, and and teams traveling geographically in their region so that they don't have to travel across the country and play this team and yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. So many rule changes, so much happened last year that made baseball look like a very different game and will this season be 162 games i don't know i would like to think so and regardless the covid numbers have come out um for spring training camp and and everything and as far as those numbers go everything's been fine not a lot of players have tested positive um, but it is very early so early. So we will see just how this season plays out. But regardless, uh, this is it. Baseball is back. Spring training is up and running. Uh, the Tigers just lost. Today is Monday. Uh, the Tigers just lost to the Yankees. They are now 1-1 one and one on the young season in the Grapefruit League. Uh, in case you didn't know, the Grapefruit League is half of the teams. Those teams play in Florida, thus Grapefruits. Uh, And then there's the Cactus League, and those other 15 teams play in Arizona, hence 
the Cactus League. Fun fact, maybe if you're listening uh, and you weren't you weren't really sure exactly what those phrases meant, well, now you know. Um, but yeah, baseball is back, and it feels good. It's it's a new it is a new dawning for Detroit Tigers fans. I can guarantee you that much. Anyone who's from Detroit or considers themselves a Detroit Tigers fan could say the same thing. And why is that, you might ask? Well, first things first, this team has been going through a considerable rebuild for several years now, which in an interview on MLB Network the other night, A.J. Hinch had said he doesn't like that term, that phrase, rebuild, which is cool. I respect that because I, I agree. It's more of a, uh, a redefining, a reshaping of the team. Uh, and he talked a lot about how and where he envisions this team in the near future. So, yes, the Tigers have a new manager, arguably one of the best managers in baseball, but one who brings such a unique uh, series of events to the table. If you're not familiar with the Houston Astros cheating scandal, I'd be surprised by now. And if you don't know, well, do a quick Google search, type in Houston Astros 2017, and I'm sure you will see exactly what comes up about the cheating scandal. Now, A.J. Hinch, before this, was highly regarded as one of the best managers, one of the smartest, most uh, analytical, savvy-thinking managers that the, this game has really seen. And initially, when the Tigers signed Hinch, I I, I was more excited, I think, than I was uh, down about the idea of bringing in a manager who has cheated and taken place in the biggest cheating scandal, arguably the biggest cheating scandal in in sports history. But at the same time, there's a lot to be excited about. The Tigers have gotten better. I really like a lot of the small signings that they did quietly in the offseason. The Tigers, I think, and I can't confirm this, but I believe... It's not that they spent the most money, but they definitely signed the most free agents. Off the top of my head, they went and got Wilson Ramos. They signed Robbie Grossman to a two, multi, a multi-year, ten million dollar contract, which is the biggest contract they've handed out since uh, Justin Upton. Fun fact: um, the Tigers, all the and all these except for Robbie Grossman have been one-year deals. Uh, so you have Wilson Ramos, you have. Uh, Robbie Grossman, the Tigers signed uh, Derek Holland, who I, I don't know if, if when, if or when, or how that's going to work in terms of when he's going to pitch. I think he received like a minor league invite. Uh, and they also went and got, oh, what is his name from the Marlins? Jose Arena. They got Jose Arena, who was their, the Marlins starting pitcher on opening day um, for a couple of seasons, I believe. Um, so the Tigers made some some small, minuscule signings. They did bring back Jonathan Scope. Um, but these are just exciting players, players at one point in time, especially when I think of players at one point in time who were uh, good or had a lot of hype around them, uh, was Wilson Ramos and also Nomar Mazzara. They signed um, former Texas Ranger, Chicago White Sox outfielder, did not perform well at all in the shortened 60-game season. Uh, I think he only hit one home run. But the Tigers, between Urena, 
uh, Ramos and Mazzara, I think spent less than like $5 million. Granted, all those guys are signed for one-year deals. I mean, it's it's really nothing. But, hey, if they can give you some production in that one year, why not re-sign them at the end of the season? Um, so those moves I, I thoroughly enjoyed, and I I hope that between Mazzara and Ramos that those guys can be productive and, and be some of their prior selves, if you will. Um, Robbie Grossman's a great addition to the team just – in terms of his his uh, outfield abilities with the glove and being a switch hitter and just a veteran guy, another guy to to slot in that lineup alongside Miggy, who's who knows the game so well inside and out, and um, bringing that the uh, a mentality from a, a switch hitter. I mean, the Tigers haven't really had a a solid switch hitter since Victor Martinez. Uh, I think Robbie Grossman's really going to make a, a nice impact on this team. Uh, now, here's the thing with spring training is that. Stats don't typically count. Um, obviously, you don't want to see your team blow. You don't want to see the Tigers win five games this spring. It could happen, but you don't want to see it. And at the end of the day, these are now seven inning games, and the starters are in there for the first two innings. So do with that information what you will. I do remember there are games <laughs> that stand out. For example, last season, because ironically enough, today the Tigers played the Yankees. They faced Garrett Cole. And me being such a huge Tigers fan, I have a good memory. I recall last season when the Tigers faced Garrett Cole, I think it was his first or second outing uh, in, a, in a Yankees uniform. Um, yeah, first or second outing. He faced the Tigers, and we just ripped him apart like Cabrera hit two home runs Travis Demerit who's no longer with us hit a homer off him um we I think we we had like six runs or something off him. we I don't know we we did some crazy put up some crazy numbers against Garrett Cole and you know we can sit here and say well look spring training stats don't matter but hey give or take a couple of instances where okay that was pretty cool you know you don't obviously you don't want to see uh a guy like Miguel, Miguel Cabrera uh, go hitless on the season, on the spring training season, or have five hits. You know what does that say about what the next six months are going to look like for him? What the regular season is going to look like? Spring training sometimes can be telling. Other times, it's a tease. You'll have a guy who performs really well in the spring, uh, and then when you get home and it's early April and May, and it's still that cold gloominess in Detroit, they struggle. Uh, you see that a lot. Verlander, that used to be the case with him. His his May's, the month of May, I think, was was never really a good month for Verlander. Once the weather heated up and it was, you know, the pure Michigan summers, if you will, that is when guys will start to pick things up. Uh, but spring training doesn't it doesn't necessarily do justice for a team's sake, for a player's sake. In this case, though, it's interesting with the Tigers and a new manager, and we get to see how A.J. Hinch is going to, uh, what his coaching style is really like. It's something that we, as Tigers fans, haven't seen before. Obviously, this is his first season. Uh, how long is he going to keep a pitcher in who's who's maybe struggling? Or uh, what is he going to do with uh, a guy, maybe you you have a starter who just isn't isn't hot. He's he's not he's getting in his at bats, but he's just not getting hits. He's not making contact. Do you keep him in longer than most starters, uh, just to see what uh, you know what really 
picks his brain, AJ Hinch. Um, I believe the majority of all the games are broadcast on 97.1, and then the Tigers have five games that are broadcasted on Fox Sports Detroit. I don't get how some teams have more broadcast time over others. And when I think, like, I think of the Cardinals, the Cardinals and Yankees for sure. Like, the Yankees have literally had back to back games where they've been broadcasted. Um, and I just felt like, okay, it's 2021 at this point in time. Like, I know that these are exhibition games and that they don't matter, and there's only so many of them literally just the entire month of uh, March. Why can't we see all the games? I wish that was the case. Like five games, okay. But spring training is one of those things where you go all this time without seeing uh, or or really hearing about baseball. I know myself, when spring training rolls around, I'm locked into Twitter and Instagram watching all the videos, even if it's just guys playing catch. Like that still gets me. So come on, it's 2021. I would love to be able to watch every spring training game that there is. Uh, and hopefully that changes soon. I'm not sure. We will have to wait and see. For the one millionth time in his career, no, that was just a little bit of exaggeration, but for the who knows how many times in his career, Miguel Cabrera is looking to create some records and make some history. If you didn't know, Miggy is looking for 3,000 hits and 500 homers, and he says that he can do it this season. Uh, He was interviewed on MLB Network the other night and was asked or was mentioned, hey, you are looking straight in the face of 3,000 career hits and 500 home runs. And to be exact, Cabrera is 134 hits away and 13 homers from 500. He would be the seventh player in Major League Baseball history to have 500 home runs and have 3,000 career hits. Miggy thinks that he can do it. Uh, do I think that he can do it? No, I think it's a stretch. I think he will hit those 13 home runs this season. I do think that's the case. He will definitely join the 500 hit the 500 home run club this season. Will he have 134 hits though? That's going to be tough. Uh, if Miggy can even have a hundred hits and that's really just saying that He's going to be relatively healthy, but not his his typical Miggy self. Obviously not his uh, triple crown MVP those seasons back in 2011, 12, and 13. I mean, those were monster years for Miggy. But we know that over the last, since 2016, 2017, Cabrera has not looked like himself. He's been injury-ridden, uh, just dealing with, uh, a team that is fully rebuilding, so it's there's potential that uh, that that motivation factor to to be better and get better. Maybe that's slipped a little bit over the years, but it's an interesting time for Cabrera because he's entering his thirty his age thirty eight uh, year old season. He is not quite as young and as nimble as and quick as he used to be. There's always this motif every season of he's in the best shape of his life. Oh, this guy's in the best shape of his life. It's so cliche in baseball and in spring training. I would be surprised at, at one point when it's like, oh, this guy's in the worst shape of his life. Actually, that was kind of the case with Pablo Sandoval and the Red Sox a couple seasons ago. He showed up to camp and was noticeably bigger. And there was the argument for, okay, this guy is definitely not in the best shape of his life. 
Some could even say the opposite. But it always seems that, especially with Miguel Cabrera, especially with Miggy, that he's always in the best shape of his life come spring training. He does look good. I won't lie and say that he's not in the best shape. Uh, he looks good. Now, his his spring training, this this season will be a little, a little telling. Um, I think it's fair to say, depending on how Miguel Cabrera does, could be a decent estimate as to what we can expect this season. And it's not just, well, how many hits did he have? You really got to be analytical about this and dive deep. You look and see, well, what is he laid on? The pitches that he's swinging and missing. And don't get me wrong, a lot of guys early in spring training, it takes them a sec to get caught up to the fastball. This was evident if you watched the first game of spring training. It was the Cardinals and the Nationals. And Josh Bell was, hes I mean, he takes big hacks, but he was late on some Jack Flaherty fastballs. It looked like Bell was like asleep in the batter's box. That's normal. It is spring training. This is these are everyone's first at bats in so long, uh, and obviously um, with the Nationals or actually Bell was with Pittsburgh, so they weren't in the postseason. So he hasn't he hasn't seen or faced any live uh, pitching in some time. But it's always telling to see uh, you know the some of the grease uh, and rust that players are experiencing early in spring training. But as the games go on, uh, it'll be unique to see how Cabrera really adjusts um, at the plate. And AJ Hinch talked a lot about he wants to see Miggy play more time at first base this season, which I totally agree with. First base is probably the position that asks the least out of you out of any position in the infield and the outfield other than fielding ground balls and the occasional play at the plate uh, or throw to second base that that's really all Miggy's going to be doing. Uh, he doesn't have the speed to run down a, a pop-up and foul territory. He's not going to pull a Prince fielder and lean over the rail and steal one of your nachos. He's just not that kind of guy anymore. But I think him being out in the field and having this opportunity of not just being this team's designated hitter is really going to do him his mental some justice because – as a DH, when you go up to the plate, you have what three, four, maybe like maybe, maybe, maybe five opportunities, five at bats in a game, depending on how you're doing, how your team is doing. Uh, you have those couple of chances, and if you don't succeed, if you strike out every at bat, your move is you go to the bench and you sit there and you think about it. You have no opportunity to go back into the field and make up for it defensively, or make a play, or really get yourself back into the game. As a DH, you are stuck sitting there thinking, oh, okay, well, what did I do wrong? What can I do about it next time? But you don't have that opportunity to go back into the field. Hinch saying that he wants to see more action from Cabrera at first base is a great sign. And it's not anything against Gardenhire and his decision to not play Miggy and to have him be this team's primary DH. You know, he's getting old. It's 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 an age thing. Uh, the Obviously, the best comparison is over in the AL West and Albert Pujols, who announced that he was unsure if he was going to retire after the 2021 season. His wife put up some post on Instagram saying that he will. That'll be interesting uh, and an up-in-the-air decision. I guess Pujols had the, the, the last laugh and said he'll see how he feels by the end of the season. But that is a tough pill to swallow 
to see Albert Pujols, one of the game's best, potentially call it quits. Uh, and I hate to think that that day is slowly but surely coming for Miguel Cabrera. We're not going to think about that or talk about that now. I would love to see Miggy have at least 100 hits this season. I know that he will be a part of that 3,000 hits, 500 homers club. I just don't see it happening this year at all. I hope he can stay healthy, and I know that he can at least hit 13 home runs. But, boy, if he gets 134 hits, I will be shocked, and I'll be thrilled. I mean, great great for him, but I just it's a tough one, and I don't see it happening. Finally, there's this trend that I've noticed where the Tigers have been miking up their players for the first two games of the spring training season. I'm not sure if this is something that they're going to carry into the regular season, but I think that this is a trend uh, and definitely a step in the right direction for baseball and the Tigers. It's a really cool way for fans to get involved with the game. Uh, we've seen this happen. It's, it's nothing new. ESPN does it for their games. They'll make up players anytime they have a baseball game on. Uh, same with uh, on Saturdays on Fox when Fox Sports hosts uh, baseball games. A lot of times they will have guys that are mic'd up, typically an outfielder, sometimes a first baseman. Uh, and I think they did in the All-Star game a couple seasons ago. But it's just a cool way to get to know the players better. And literally you are, it brings you closer to the game than ever before. And I think this is the only sport really where this works. You can't do it in basketball. Everyone's running. It's just too fast paced football. Maybe, but you're tackling each other. It's so easy for your mic to just get destroyed hockey. You're skating around on ice. I don't think so, but baseball, everyone's just standing around. Uh, not all the time, but for the majority of the time, you're just standing there. So it's, it seems like it's easier said than done to have a lot of teams be utilizing this uh, this ability. And it's not like everyone's going to want to do it. It's not like you're going to mic up a pitcher. But Jacoby Jones, he was the most recent player to be mic'd up. The Tigers uh, mic'd up him and Jamer Candelario. But it's not like he's going to want to be mic'd up every single game. It's cool to do it a couple times a month maybe. Or maybe one game a week, you you have a player who's mic'd up and you sort of advertise it in, in that sense of, hey, you know, the Tigers play the Twins on Tuesday. Willie Castro is going to be mic'd up. Uh, something like that to just that, you know, that doesn't hurt the game by in any means. If anything, it, it makes it better. And it makes me more interested for sure. But maybe someone who's not the the biggest baseball fan or sometimes it bores them just adds a spark to the game and brings some new light. And I really, it's, it's great to see that the Tigers are doing this. I hope they continue this trend spring training. It's a little more easier to do this a little laid back considering the games don't count their exhibition games. Uh, and not only that, but you have the starters, especially early on in spring training, your everyday players that are a hundred percent guaranteed to make the roster are only playing the first two innings or so. So it's not like they're mic'd up the whole game. But I really like this trend, and I think this needs to happen more often in baseball. That is all for this week's episode of Motor City Hardball. Next week, we will have a full completed week uh, of the 2021 spring training season. Hopefully, we'll get a better look at some of the young arms and uh, bats in the Tiger system. Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Matt Manning, uh, 
Bo Burrows, Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, some of the guys that are slowly on the cusp of reaching the major league levels. And that's the best part of spring training, if you ask me, is seeing what the young guys have in the tank and what the future holds. Until then, new episodes every Wednesday at 3 o'clock. We'll see you guys next week on Motor City Hardball.